0: Final Report on the Community Safety Review Process, submitted by Shay Witzberger and Emily Magus-Russell, LICSW, on December 31st, 2020. Key Findings and Recommendations What We Advocate Change is what people are afraid to accept, and that's the biggest fear for most people. I think once people realize that change is not something harmful, once you accept change, you get to move forward, end quote from a black community member. In this section, we articulate the key findings that we have derived from the listening information and community safety systems data and our recommendations based on these findings. We have organized our key findings and recommendations into four categories in specific order. Number one, acknowledge and reckon with harm caused. Number two, increase accountability. Number three, meet people's basic needs, and build up alternatives to police and police-like safety responses. Number four, reduce police presence and the role of policing. We have also provided guidance on the timeframe of recommendations following this key. In the immediate, fiscal year 2021 within six months, short-term, fiscal year 2022 within 18 months, mid-term, Fiscal Year 2023 within two and a half years, and long-term, Fiscal Year 2025 within five years. Number one, acknowledge and reckon with harm caused. Finding. Racial bias and profiling are active and current problems in the community, including Brattleboro Police Department's response to community safety. While some people of color also shared some positive individual experiences with officers or this department compared to others, almost all people of color who shared their experiences in this review process identified problems with the police that are related to race, including profiling and mistaken identity, wrongful arrest, harassment, violence, weaponization or manipulation of policy, being criminalized when calling for help, Neglect of concerns, lack of accountability, assault, and fear of police violence and murder. A study, Trends in Racial Disparities in Brattleboro, 2014 to 2019, done pri- by professors at UVM and Cornell University, suggests that black drivers in Brattleboro are overstopped 31 to 60% more than white drivers, depending on the measure of the driving population used. Black drivers are 4.8 times more likely to be arrested and nine times more likely to be searched than white drivers. When searched, black drivers are 30% less likely to have contraband on them than white drivers. Use of force data for 2019 and 2020 depict that in 17% and 13%, respectively, of use of force cases, the subject of force was black. These percentages are significantly higher than the percentage of African-Americans and all people of color living in Brattleboro, according to the US Census 2019 estimates. Harm and trauma are occurring in these situations. While the department has recently proposed increasing training around this issue, their existing lack of ongoing assessment, acknowledgement, or accountability about racial disparity data and their reflections about the integration of their existing training do not demonstrate readiness or receptivity to reducing bias, which renders these resources ineffective. Some respondents from the BIPOC community Named a desire for police training about racial bias, but a stronger theme was desire for reduced policing in their communities, more support for investing in meeting people's needs, and BIPOC-led efforts, and a smaller investment in policing and the prison industrial complex they function inside of. Finding Police participation and other involuntary interventions in mental, emotional, and spiritual health crisis response is ineffective and often harmful for many community members. Respondents who have experienced police response to an actual or perceived need for help related to mental and emotional health reported negative and harmful impacts from these responses. These harms included use of coercion, force, violence for non-criminal behavior, loss of autonomy over their healing, added trauma, and fear of seeking future help from mental health organizations that collaborate with the police and have the power to psychiatrically incarcerate them. Many of these police responses led to involuntary interventions, ranging from forced contact with police during a personal health crisis to use of force forced drugging, involuntary medication, and or psychiatric incarceration, involuntary hospitalization. While being held in the emergency department or psychiatrically incarcerated in the retreat, several respondents named experiencing inhumane treatment that some described as torture. While recognizing long waits for treatment and lack of beds as system-wide problems that need solutions, these mental health institutions as a whole appear to have very little acknowledgement of the way these involuntary practices are widely received as violent and traumatizing by those who experienced them and by the World Health Organization. Many mental health professionals across the community named That patients, including children and workers, are in danger due to conditions and practices in the retreat. According to Department of Mental Health data, one floor of the retreat uses more restraint and seclusion than all other psychiatric facilities in Vermont combined. Statistics show that psychiatric incarceration, involuntary hospitalization, increases rather than decreases risks of negative health outcomes and suicide. According to the Brattleboro Police Department reported data, almost all dispatch calls for welfare checks are initiated by someone other than the person perceived to be in crisis. Many respondents who have experienced police response to welfare check calls named that the intervention was unwanted, and this was also assessed in all tracers involving welfare checks or mental health intervention. Some respondents named this as a functional criminalization of mental illness or psychiatric disability. Respondents named fear of activities like walking, speaking, or laying down while in emotional distress would lead to police response, forced drugging, or psychiatric incarceration. We encountered no evidence that police participation in mental health crisis response, including the police social worker liaison program, in both listening and systems review of available data is reducing incarceration or hospitalization. The existence of an embedded police social worker expands the reach of policing and mental health, which the police themselves have recently lamented and which a neurodivergent, psychiatrically labeled, psychiatrically disabled, and self-identified mad respondents resoundingly opposed. Police participation in mental health interventions increased the use of unwanted and harmful practices instead of support, including coercion, threats, intimidation, and force in systems' response to mental and emotional health crises. What these communities requested are lines, spaces, and supports that explicitly will not collaborate with or call the police for distress or suicidality. Finding. Department of Children and Families, DCF. Responses to risk to youth often cause intergenerational trauma and do not address the roots of unsafety for children. While a small number of respondents, all people who identified DCF involvement as youth, whether currently youth or now adults, named significant harm from DCF involvement in their lives, youth described police use of force or violence during removal from their families. DCF interventions like forced treatment took autonomy away from some youth survivors' healing. This made therapy and other healing inaccessible later on. Foster and adoptive parents spoke about their children's PTSD around police, resulting from their harmful removal experiences. Some parents who had experienced child removal named harmful psychiatric interventions, including forced drugging and other traumatic treatment, named by those respondents as torture, due to DCF involvement. Respondents had concerns about the disproportionate removal of children of color and lack of accountability in the child protective system. There were particular concerns expressed regarding DCF's harm to queer and trans youth and youth of color. There were also concerns about parents of color being disbelieved by DCF or the court, especially when expressing that their children's white parent was causing significant danger or harm to their children. From community and organizational listening information, DCF has shown very little attunement to the racial bias, harm, or trauma widely experienced by those with DCF involvement. Many respondents named concerns with how DCF use of resources widen economic inequality by removing children from families due to conditions rooted in poverty and paying families who do not experience poverty to take care of them instead of resourcing those poor families. Respondents named that the threat of consequence for seeking out help lead to Negative outcomes for many families, including avoidance of medicine like prenatal care or hospital birth support, emotional or mental health support, or parental support due to fear of DCF actions. Finding some community members expect more of the police than is safe for others. While white supremacy, policing and police racism were strong themes in white and racially unidentified respondents answers about problems or threats to our community's safety. White and racially unidentified people were much more strongly represented in respondents who advocated for long-term or indefinite incarceration and ostracization from the community for such nonviolent offenses as nighttime car theft, drug use, or being poor or homeless in public. There was a strong correlation between police contact and dissatisfaction with the criminal legal system as a response to community struggles. Many people who experienced police contact during interventions around substance use desired to remove police from these tasks. The people who desired harsher punishment had very low amounts of admitted contact with that system, often naming no significant police contact, but a desire for police to quote, deal with those people by removing them from the community and stop catch and release policing for these petty crimes. Many professionals in social service agencies, legal system workers, marginalized people, and many people who named no significant marginalization were in support of providing more and better support for people experiencing emotional distress, Mental health crisis, poverty or drug use that are separate from the police, which will reduce police workload and reduce police contact and harm to people in struggle. Recommendations for acknowledging and reckoning with harm caused seriously, thoughtfully and immediately and ongoingly consider the community experiences, data, findings and recommendations articulated in this report. Fiscal year 2021. Publicly acknowledge and accept the experiences of racism, discrimination, intimidation, fear, terror, and harm detailed in this report, in our public forums, and in our community. Fiscal year 2021. Publicly commit as a town, including the select board, to acknowledge and address systemic racism slash white supremacy ableism and sanism, homophobic and transphobic discrimination, and classism in an ongoing way, fiscal year 2021. Operationalize this commitment in budgets, time commitments, and work tasks as part of the town's ongoing regular practices to avoid a return to, quote, business as usual, which is hurting people, fiscal year 2021.
1: Two increase accountability finding the current mechanism for external review accountability or community control of the police department are scarce inadequate and ineffective the citizen police communications committee cpcc's charge was amended by the select board on october 21st 2014 as follows quote the mission of the citizen Police Communication Committee, CPCC, is to facilitate mutually respectful communication between citizens and the Brattleboro Police Department regarding complaints, compliments, or information concerning police procedures. The committee meetings focused on reviewing formal citizen complaints and compliments to the department and police response to these complaints and compliments. The scope of this committee is to provide a forum for individual complainants and the police to communicate in an effort to improve community police relations. The committee is scheduled to meet monthly and meets for approximately 30 to 45 minutes. Eight of the 12 monthly meetings in 2020 were canceled or unwarned and did not occur. The committee is composed of five volunteer unpaid members. In a review of two years of committee meeting minutes, there was no evidence of any disagreement or challenge to the police department's findings or responses to any complaint, even though there were themes of complaints related to discrimination based on race, class, and housing status. The CPCC process may serve to slow down and drag out the complaint process, with complaints sometimes going several months or over a year before being resolved. We did not encounter any evidence of systemic police accountability work, assessment of trends in complaints, or policy or practice review. We did not encounter evidence that the committee advocates for complainants, but rather advocates for all parties equally, sometimes doing their own informal investigating in the community to get a sense of the reputations of those involved, etc. We did not encounter any framework, methodology, policy, or agreed-upon process that informed this work. All accountability processes, including all investigations, are handled internally by the department itself. Black and non-black people of color respondents disproportionately named that attempts at accountability for department actions felt fruitless and left those community members feeling unsafe around police and unable to safely utilize police for support when unsafe or in need. Outside of this community safety review process, there is no mechanism for ongoing external review of community experiences of safety, harm and policing, police department data including use of force and traffic stop data, or bias and discrimination in police practices. The police department's use of force policy focuses on articulating permission for use of quote objectively reasonable force to control a situation restore and maintain order effect an arrest or detention overcome resistance or defend themselves or others from physical harm or to accomplish a legal purpose end quote Excessive force is defined in the policy as, quote, force that is not objectively reasonable from the perspective of a reasonable officer in the same circumstances. Excessive force will not be tolerated, end quote. The policy articulates the procedure for de-escalation, use of force, and reporting, documenting, and investigating use of force. There is no external mechanism for review, investigation, or accountability of use of force. Accountability work cannot begin without first acknowledging the harms that are caused. Nationally, efforts to create community control of police are fraught with erosion of actual power of the bodies created to do so. Due to union contracts and other challenges, the formation of the CPCC may serve as an example of copious community labor towards community control and accountability, turning into, quote, toothless reform, end quote, that provided no real accountability. Finding. There is little or no accountability around the impact of diversity and inclusion and implicit bias training on the communities that experience the most policing. Based on the documents provided by BPD, in 2020, officers attended 48 training opportunities, totaling 300.75 offered hours. Almost all officers received some diversity, equity, inclusion, and bias training for a total of nine hours. In 2019, BPD officers attended 102 training opportunities totaling 1,627.74 hours. 881 of these hours were a basic police course through Vermont Police Academy that three officers attended. And the 101 training opportunity totaled 746.74 hours. There were no training opportunities in 2019 specific to implicit bias, diversity, equity, or inclusion. Subtracting the 881 hours for the basic police course, the BPD experienced a 60% reduction in hours of training offered in 2020 compared to 2019 and managed to provide some diversity, equity, and inclusion training as well as some implicit bias training in 2020. This amounts to unused training resources. There is little to no accountability to many local communities disproportionately impacted by policing, including people of color, LGBTQ plus people, and neurodivergent, psychiatrically labeled, psychiatrically disabled, mad people, and psychiatric survivors around the training the police received about those communities, or the measurable impacts of that training. Despite the efforts to invest in training or identify mental health, diversity, equity, and inclusion, trans inclusion, and implicit bias, there is evidence From our listening and tracer reviews, that training has sometimes led to harmful stereotyping and has been used to justify over-policing and use of force against the very communities this training is intended to serve. While increased sensitivity training proposed by top police leadership is perhaps well-intentioned and or perhaps a response to calls for anti-racist police reform that increases police budgets, An acknowledgement of systemic racism and the realities of policing on communities of color, a deeper understanding of how unconscious bias functions, and a conscious personal commitment to dismantling bias every day are necessary ingredients to the integration and implementation of concepts and skills learned in diversity, equity, inclusion, DEI trainings. Based on our listening information, increased training is unlikely to be an effective use of resources for the Brattleboro Police Department without further assessment of readiness, acknowledgement of harm, and personalized training plans that are accountable to the communities that they intend to serve. These things take time. Recommendations for increasing accountability. Improve data integrity in collection and analysis in the following areas. Address gap in reporting race data in traffic stops and in all data collection, FY 2021. Address gap in graphic mapping data. Obtain functionality to map police contacts and develop a plan to capture and review these data to better analyze and be accountable to geographic data to reduce over-policing of identified neighborhoods, FY 2022. Disband the CPCC and hold a process centering and compensating people of color leadership to determine the best mechanism for systemic accountability, FY 2022. Suspend the use of paid administrative leave for police under investigation for acts of harm and for police who are charged with violent crimes through change in policy, FY 2021. Withhold pensions and do not rehire police who are involved in excessive force violations, FY 2021. Freeze all increases to the training budget and focus on effective and efficient utilization of current training budget, FY 2021. In preparing a training plan, include an assessment of each supervisor and officer training needs and level of receptivity and readiness and paid consultation with local content experts from impacted communities to develop accountable and effective training plan with demonstrable and measurable outcomes FY 2022 and ongoing. Avoid trainings that have been specifically identified by impacted communities as particularly harmful. These include mental health first aid, NAMI training, UnMatter, and others. Connect with and pay well local content experts from impacted communities, BIPOC, psychiatric survivors, people living with homelessness and poverty, people who use drugs, to inform training choice and implementation. If these groups will not work with police, determine why. Begin the long arc of reparation of those relationships, which begin with acknowledging harm Ending that harm and taking responsibility and not meet and greets and increased casual police contact with those communities, which those communities have experienced as harmful. FY 2021
0: and ongoing. Meet people's basic needs and build up alternatives to policing and police-like safety responses. Finding There is a severe lack of truly voluntary support related to mental health, substance use and addiction, and parenting and child protection. Use of force tracers indicate that force such as intimidation, threats, hand control, head displacement, and other uses of force are used in situations in which community members are attempting to seek support or care for themselves or loved ones who are then forced into treatment against their will. Many respondents who have experienced police and other systems' responses to mental and emotional health needs have expressed that they do not feel safe accessing any systemic mental health supports at all. This unsafety was rooted in having experienced police and involuntary interventions, use of coercion, threat, intimidation and or force, including forced treatment such as forced drugging, involuntary medication and psychiatric incarceration, involuntary hospitalization, functionally criminalize emotional crisis, and punishes distress. Based on listening information, we have assessed a lack of awareness and attunement in the most carceral safety system responses to the escalating and traumatizing nature of carceral response, which includes police response and other carceral safety responses, such as DCF, mental health crisis response, and inpatient hospitalization. There is some recognition in the police department that the formal uniform and presence of a deadly weapon has the potential to escalate situations. However, in the documentation supporting incidents in which force is used, there is a lack of acknowledgement of this factor in detailing of accounts. There are some mental health organizations locally that are making tangible steps to move away from carceral models where possible, while others do not yet appear to be doing so. The Welfare Check and Use of Force Tracer reviews, as well as listening sessions with community members and community safety professionals that respond to these situations, indicate that some of police participation in situations related to mental health, substance use, homelessness, and poverty, as well as some conflict between community members, occurs simply because, quote, there is no one else to call. Along with the Fire Department and Rescue Inc., the Police Department is the current mechanism of 24-7 emergency response. This void of resources is the impetus for many police contacts, even though police are unequipped or improperly equipped, to address or provide for voluntary support mutual aid, and basic needs, including housing, food, and belonging and connection. There is acknowledgement by the Department of this truth. People are waiting up to days at a time in the emergency department for a crisis bed to open up elsewhere. Forced drugging, restraint, and escalatory treatment towards people experiencing a mental health crisis or extreme state in the emergency department were named as traumatizing by respondents. People who were harmed by police and or crisis response to mental, emotional, or spiritual crisis named that immediate and free access to truly voluntary supports at each level of intervention would create greater support and access for those in distress. Advocates within the mental health system and other social services, as well as people who have experienced significant hospitalization and intervention, suggested creating non-coercive alternatives that are entirely decoupled from policing at every level of contact within the mental health system, from crisis lines to alternative crisis spaces to peer-run respite beds. These supports would increase access for those who cannot safely access support currently. Providers named that many of these supports would lower the volume of need placed on the police, an overburdened emergency department and inpatient system, reduce harm, and increase accessibility. Many respondents employed inside these institutions and many people negatively impacted by their treatment named a need for greater transparency, accountability, and regulation of these institutions and their practices, particularly at the retreat Some organizations in the community have already begun work to consider the role of and reliance on policing and build up other forms of support. Finding. Consistently across all areas of listening, poverty, homelessness, lack of belonging, and lack of ability to meet basic needs were named as some of the largest threats to our community's well-being and safety. Voluntary support, mutual aid, Projects led by marginalized people and basic needs like safe housing, good food, and places for belonging and connection are widely recognized as some of the biggest current safety needs in our community. Issues relating to mental health, parenting and child protection, and substance use and addiction that lead to police contact often involve many complex unmet needs and intergenerational trauma. Assessing unmet needs, rather than focusing solely on moments of conflict or crisis, is a critical part of community safety that reduces our reliance on police, prisons, and other punitive ways to address each other and our struggles. Brattleboro's visions for a safer community include all people having access to safe, affordable, or free housing, good food, affordable or free medicine, Voluntary support for addiction and emotional distress and mental health. Places of belonging, mutual aid, art, and community building. Healthy recreation and the land. Respondents wanted the community to increase their skills in supporting one another and de-escalating conflict. And for all people to be free of bigotry, oppression, and violence.
2: Recommendations for meeting people's basic needs and building up alternatives to policing and police-like safety responses. Prioritize spending on safe housing for all, food shelves, free meals, community gardens, land trusts that allow marginalized people to take ownership of food production for their communities, and spaces for belonging and connection in neighborhoods for all community members, centering those most in need. Fiscal Year 2022 and ongoing. Invest resources in new and existing programs that respondents identified as the most helpful to their safety, such as mutual aid support networks, BIPOC-run programs, local organizations that provide voluntary support, and places for belonging and connection that are decoupled from policing fiscal year 2022, and ongoing. Review and consider models for totally voluntary and non-coercive supports run by the communities they are designed to support in the form of neurodivergent, psychiatrically labeled, psychiatrically disabled, mad, and psychiatric survivor-led mobile-ready response, a crisis-slash-freakout space, and unlocked home-like crisis beds. Work collaboratively towards implementation of alternative mental health supports. Start in fiscal year 2022 and ongoing. Implement alternatives by fiscal year 2025. Invest in community-sponsored mutual aid and skill-sharing. Fiscal year 2022 and ongoing. Invest in restorative justice practices at all levels especially at the neighborhood level. Fiscal year 2022 and ongoing. Implement neighborhood RJ initiatives by fiscal year 2023. Review and consider models for neighborhood and community training around de-escalation, holding space, and directly supporting those in distress, not training that advocates for calling in authorities or assessors or that bring people into more contact with police or mental health crisis response. Invest in neighborhood and community groups developing these skills. Fiscal year 2022 and ongoing. We would like to take a moment here to acknowledge that BIPOC communities and queer and trans communities have been creating and utilizing alternative practices and systems for safety and justice for generations. This concept of building alternatives to policing is not new and it is not ours. While many white folks are beginning to reckon with the historical and present-day harms perpetuated by policing and police, as well as other police-like safety responses, marginalized communities have known this for a long time and have been creating and self-directing their own alternatives since before policing was created and have largely remained unfunded and unsupported. The kinds of models and structures that we are recommending are rooted in the wisdom and fortitude of these communities, and we are grateful for the learning and leadership of BIPOC, LGBTQ+, psychiatric survivor, and poor and unhoused people available to us in our own community, and it is past time we resource and grow these programs and models in collaborative and non-exploitative ways. Four. Reduced police presence and the role of policing. Finding, Those respondents most impacted by policing want reduced police presence with their communities, not, quote, community policing, which puts the onus of trust building on the wrong party. Those most impacted by policing is not synonymous with those who commit crimes. It was acknowledged by the police department itself and almost all social support workers we spoke with that folks living in poverty and homelessness are the communities that the police have most daily contact with. BIPOC people who shared their experiences spoke to frequent police interactions for non-criminal activity that involved racial bias and or profiling. People experiencing mental health crises are continuously harmed by stigmatized myths and labeled as unpredictable or violent, including in training utilized by the police, despite data and clear evidence that they are more likely to be victims of violence, including violence from providers, than perpetrators. Those most impacted by policing refers to communities that have been marginalized, feared, controlled, and disproportionately targeted for non-criminal behavior or minor infractions of the law. The majority of respondents most impacted by policing and police-like safety responses reported that they feel unsafe and unable to safely contact the police and or the other current mechanisms for safety response that collaborate with police. HCRS Crisis Team, DCF, BMH ER, For help or support. This renders the current system of safety response inaccessible to many community members, which includes those most impacted. These systems are also ineffective for those who want the police to do more than is safe for others, who often want more than is possible for anyone to do, such as remove visible poverty from public life or banish community members experiencing addiction. Traffic stop data suggest concerns about racial disparities in overstopping of Brattleboro drivers in general and overstopping of black and Hispanic drivers compared to white drivers. The data also suggest that black drivers are searched at a rate nine times that of white drivers, with a low hit rate, indicating that the vast majority of searches do not uncover contraband and are ineffective. The study suggests racial bias is a likely factor in the disparities. Furthermore, listening to the experiences of Black and non-Black people of color demonstrates that the impact of this ineffective and inefficient use of police resources is not benign. These unproductive searches come with negative and harmful impact, from cultivating fear and trauma responses to consequences in one's personal, professional, and community life, sometimes with intergenerational impact. Despite efforts to invest in training for identifying mental health needs, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and implicit bias, it is not demonstrated in this review that this investment in sensitivity training has had a significant positive impact on the communities of people they are intended to serve. Conversely, there is evidence that training has been used to justify use of force against the communities they are intended to serve. While increased sensitivity training proposed by top police leadership is well-intentioned, a deeper understanding of how unconscious bias works and a conscious personal commitment to dismantling bias are necessary ingredients to the integration and implementation of concepts and skills learned in training. More training, if training is in any way similar to past training, seems to be a wasteful and even harmful use of resources. And different work on addressing bias and inequity and harm seems warranted. Community policing increases the scope of policing by increasing the reach of policing further into predominantly poor and minority neighborhoods. It attempts to build trust with these communities without addressing the harms that policing has historically done or continues to do. Many white respondents named that their neighborhoods were under-policed, well-resourced, and safe. Some Black people, non-Black people of color, and queer and trans respondents named that police public relations events made the spaces they happen in feel less safe and further erode a sense that police understand what their presence means for these communities. Many professionals working in mental health and social service organizations, including some in leadership, advocated for ending the police social worker program and redirecting funds towards supports that reduce contact between distressed or marginalized people and law enforcement and provide truly voluntary support. The community perception that the presence of a social worker embedded in the police department would mean that a mental health professional was the person responding to quote, mental health situations, or that it would reduce the presence of armed officers in welfare checks simply is not occurring. Professionals also named concerns with Project CARES mission, collection of data, conflicts of interest with the police, and harm. Community and organizational listening information suggests that collaboration with the police has decreased the accessibility of addiction services for some members of the community who use substances. Recommendations for reducing police presence and the role of policing. Continue Brattleboro PD's Commitment to Refuse Militarized Equipment, Fiscal Year 2021 and Ongoing. Continue Brattleboro PD's Commitment to Fair and Impartial Policing, and strengthen that commitment by adopting NOMAS Polymigras' Fair and Impartial Policing Policy, which limits police collaboration with ICE. Recommended changes to policy are listed below. See Appendix E for more information fiscal year 2021, and ongoing. No discrimination in detentions discretion. Quote, personal characteristics and or immigration status shall not be used as criteria for citation, arrest, or continued custody. This ensures that determinations are not based on perceived identity or immigration status. Close the border crossing pretext. Quote, members shall not make warrantless arrests or detain individuals on suspicion of unlawful entry unless the suspect is apprehended in the process of entering the U.S. without inspection. This ensures that officers cannot use unlawful entry as a way of investigating immigration status unless the suspect is actually apprehended entering the U.S. unlawfully. Protect victims and witnesses. Quote, Members shall not share information about crime victims slash witnesses with federal immigration authorities unless it is with the individual's consent. This ensures protection for victims and witnesses. Protect confidentiality. Quote, no information about an individual shall be shared with federal immigration authorities unless necessary to an ongoing investigation of a felony for which there is probable cause and the investigation is unrelated to the enforcement of federal civil immigration law this restricts information sharing to serious criminal investigations due process for detainees quote unless ice or cbp agents have a judicially issued criminal warrant or members have a legitimate law enforcement purpose exclusive of the enforcement of civil immigration laws, members shall not grant ICE or CBP agents access to individuals in agency custody. This protects due process and equal protection under the law. Relation to federal immigration law. Remove all references to eight US code section 1373 and 1644 throughout the policy which block laws that restrict police cooperation with immigration authorities. Add to the purpose section, nothing in this policy is intended to violate federal law. Deeply review project care impact and outcomes. Move project care funding to COSU or out of the PD and have a transparent, accountable process around its function and any associated hiring. Fiscal year 2022. Increase accountability around harm, ineffectiveness, and inefficiency of use of police resources for traffic stops. Fiscal year 2021 and ongoing. Deeply analyze racial disparities in traffic stop data. Fiscal year 2022. Consider steps to decouple traffic safety management from the police. This will reduce officer workload. Development of a Non-Police Unarmed Traffic Safety Management Division by Fiscal Year 2025. Eliminate the Police Social Work Liaison Program, Fiscal Year 2022. Use funding to invest in non-coercive supports as alternatives to police and police-like interventions in mental and emotional health, housing, and access to family support, as detailed above, Fiscal Year 2022. Work to decouple police from welfare checks start in fiscal year 2021. Work toward the alternatives listed above that do not use force, coercion or psychiatric incarceration to support individual and community mental health and wellness. This will reduce officer workload. Reduce and work towards eliminating public relations slash community policing initiatives such as public speaking engagements, which disproportionately alienate marginalized people and do not create safety. This will reduce officer workload. Start in fiscal year 2021. Remove community engagement quota for officers. The best way to improve community relations is to focus on acknowledging, reducing, and eliminating harm. Disarm police for non-responsive tasks like community speaking, meetings, and community events, start in Fiscal Year 2021. Adopt Brattleboro Common Sense's Safe Policing Policy and review impact-slash-outcomes, see Appendix E, by Fiscal Year 2025. Decouple responses to animal problems from the police, Fiscal Year 2022. Commit to no more budget increases for policing beyond a cost-of-living increase. Fiscal year 2022 and ongoing. Reduce overtime budget and usage and work towards reducing the size of the police force over time as alternative approaches to community safety are created, funded, and implemented. By fiscal year 2025. Table 13.
3: Recommendations Timeline. For the immediate timeline fiscal year 2021 within six months and ongoing area acknowledge and reckon with harm caused recommendations one seriously thoughtfully immediately and ongoingly consider the community experiences data findings and recommendations articulated in this report two publicly acknowledge and accept the experiences of racism, discrimination, intimidation, fear, terror, and harm detailed in this report, in our public forums, and in our community. 3. Publicly commit as a town, including the Select Board, to acknowledge and address systemic racism, white supremacy, ableism, and sanism, homophobic and transphobic discrimination, and classism in an ongoing way. Four, operationalize this commitment in budgets, time commitments, and work tasks as part of the town's ongoing regular practices to avoid a return to business as usual, which is hurting people. Area, increase accountability. Recommendations, one, Address gap in reporting race data in traffic stops and all data collection. Two, suspend the use of paid administrative leave for police under investigation for acts of harm and for police who are charged with a violent crime through change in policy. Three, withhold pensions and do not rehire police who are involved in excessive force violations. Four, freeze all increases to the training budget and focus on effective and efficient utilization of the current training budget area reduce police presence and the role of policing recommendations one continue brattleboro pd's commitment to refuse militarized equipment two continue brattleboro pd's commitment to fair and impartial policing and strengthen that commitment by adopting the NOMAS Polinigras Fair and Impartial Policing Policy, which limits police collaboration with ICE. Three, increase accountability around harm, ineffectiveness, and inefficiency of use of police resources for traffic stops. Four, work to decouple police from welfare checks. Work toward the alternatives listed above that do not use force, coercion, or psychiatric incarceration to support individual and community mental health and wellness. This will reduce officer workload. 5. Reduce and work towards eliminating public relations or community policing initiatives such as public speaking engagements, which disproportionately alienate marginalized people and do not create safety. This will also reduce officer workload. Six. Disarm police for non-responsive tasks like community speaking, meetings, and community events. In the short term, fiscal year 2022 within 18 months, an ongoing area. Increase accountability. Recommendations. Address gap in graphic mapping data. Obtain the functionality to map police contacts and develop a plan to capture and review this data to better analyze and be accountable to geographic data to reduce over policing of identified neighborhoods. Two, disband the CPCC and hold a process centering and compensating people of color leadership to determine the best mechanisms for systemic accountability. Three, in preparing a training plan, include an assessment of each supervisor and officer's training needs and level of receptivity and readiness. and. Paid consultation with local content experts from impacted communities to develop accountable and effective training plans with demonstrable and measurable outcomes. Avoid trainings that have been specifically identified by impacted communities as particularly harmful. Area. Meet people's basic needs and building up alternatives to policing and police like safety responses. Recommendations. 1. Prioritize spending on safe housing for all, food shelves, free meals, community gardens, land trusts that allow marginalized people to take ownership of food production for their communities, and spaces for belonging and connection in neighborhoods for all community members, centering those most in need. Two, invest resources in new and existing programs that respondents identified as most helpful to their safety, such as mutual aid support networks. BIPOC-run programs, local organizations that provide voluntary support, and places for belonging and connection that are decoupled from policing. 3. Review and consider models for totally voluntary and non-coercive supports run by the communities they are designed to support in the form of neurodivergent, psychiatrically labeled, psychiatrically disabled, MAD and psychiatric survivor mobile-ready response, a crisis freakout space and unlocked home-like crisis beds. Work collaboratively toward implementation of alternative mental health supports. Four, invest in community-sponsored mutual aid and skill sharing. Five, invest in restorative justice practices at all levels, especially at the neighborhood level. Six. Review and consider models for neighborhood and community training around de-escalation, holding space, and directly supporting those in distress, not training that advocates for calling in authorities or assessors, or that bring people into more contact with police or mental health crisis response. Invest in neighborhood and community groups developing these skills. Area: Reduce police presence and the role of policing recommendations. 1. Deeply review project care impact and outcomes. Move project care funding to COSU or out of the PD and have a transparent, accountable process around its function and any associated hiring. 2. Eliminate police social work liaison program. Use funding to invest in non-coercive supports as alternatives to police and police-like interventions in mental and emotional health, housing, and family support, as detailed in report. 3. Deeply analyze racial disparities in traffic stop data. 4. Decouple responses to animal problems from the police. 5. Commit to no more budget increases for policing beyond the cost of living increase. Midterm. Fiscal year 2023, within two and a half years, and ongoing. Area. Meeting people's basic needs and building up alternatives to policing and police-like safety responses. Recommendation. Implement neighborhood restorative justice initiatives. Long term. Fiscal year 2025, within five years, and ongoing. Area. Meeting people's basic needs and building up alternatives to policing and police-like safety responses. Recommendation. Implement alternatives for totally voluntary and non-coercive supports run by the communities they are designed to support, in the form of neurodivergent, psychiatrically labeled, psychiatrically disabled, mad, and psychiatric survivor-led mobile-ready response, a crisis or freakout space, and unlocked Home-like crisis beds. Area – Reduce police presence and the role of policing. Recommendations. 1. Consider steps to decouple traffic safety management from the police. This will reduce officer workload. Development of a non-police, unarmed traffic safety management division. 2. Adopt Brattleboro Common Sense's S.A. F.E. Policing Policy and Review Impact and Outcomes 3. Reduce overtime budget and usage and work towards reducing the size of the police force over time as alternative approaches to community safety are created, funded, and implemented.